Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. ever had have been on the road of a guilt trip let me see your hand guilt trip that's right so that's the majority of us we've been put on guilt trips and so today I want to talk to you about guilt because what's been discovered is that you know we have a lot of fear or anxiety and one of the root causes of fear and anxiety is guilt is that it's that guilt that seems to keep us pent down and we just see the effects of fear but it's really a root cause of, of guilt and so I want to share with you that this, this began in the very beginning. The number one tool that the enemy of your soul, the devil, will do, use against you is guilt. He'll use guilt against you. He will always try to remind you of sin. You know what the devil tries to do to us? He tries to tell us that, you know, this sin that he's trying to get us to commit, he'll say, well, it's so little, it won't matter. God really doesn't care about that. And then the moment that you do it, the moment that you give in to it, He'll tell you, well, that was too big. God can never forgive you for that, right? And so then, you, then it's guilt, right? It's like, oh, God don't like you anymore. And this is not a new tactic. He used the same tactic with Adam and Eve in the very beginning. It's, it's happened that way, that they, you were in this perfect garden, no sin at all, everything's good, and there's this one tree that God says, okay, just don't, don't bother that tree. Don't eat the fruit from that tree. And then one of the, he, the devil comes and said, listen, Listen, why don't you just have some of that? It's not that big a deal. As a matter of fact, you'll become wiser. You know as much as God. Why don't you do that? And sure enough, they do it. And then when they do that, something happens in them. And look what the Bible says that happens here. It says this in Genesis 3 and 8. It says, that evening they, talking about Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, and they what? What did they do? Hid themselves. For the first time, they hid themselves among the trees the first time ever in their their existence that they hid themselves they never hid before god matter of fact they hid nothing at all they lived on you know they were they were before naked and afraid <laughs> right i mean like look what the bible says about them you know yeah that's a wild one look what it says it says now the men the man and his wife were both what and unafraid <laughs> they were both naked and felt no shame they were not afraid it was like this would have been never mind okay i'm hung up on that show but they, they were there was no shame i mean they just were like before god like we have nothing to hide from you god we are you know we're good we love you but all of a sudden again the enemy of our soul and their soul did it he tricked them and he said oh this little thing and now all of a sudden they're hiding from god not only are they hiding, but they're grabbing fig leaves and the big leaves and they're putting them together and they're covering up for clothing. They never, ever needed to do that before, but now they are. They're hiding. They're covering up. And, you know, that's the one thing that, you know, when we say no to God and yes to sin, guilt always sets in. You know why? Because the devil, God doesn't make us guilty. God convicts us and says, you should come back. You shouldn't do that. But guess what? Guilt is what the devil reminds us of our past sins so we'll never make a connection with God again. He wants guilt, guilt, the devil uses guilt in our life all the time to make us hide from God and never be transparent. And as long as you're hiding something from God, guilt is always going to rule your life. And guess what the result of that is? Fear. 
and anxiety. And so we have to talk about that. So what's some of the ways, you know, Adam and Eve, grab, they grab fig leaves to try to hide from God. But what are some ways that we try to hide our guilt and our shame from God? Well, there's a couple of things I want to share with you on, the, uh, on your outline. I'll give them to you. The first one I would say this is we try to numb it. We try to numb it. Now, you've got to understand, sometimes I can be a very naive person. Uh, Rhonda and I, uh, just uh, about two years ago, were down in Panama City Beach. Uh, uh, it was like September. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't super crowded. And uh, we were out, you know, she likes to sit on the beach, uh, you know, underneath the tent and read, and I like to get in the water. I mean, I'm just that guy. I love the ocean. I love getting out there and, and playing it. I get, become 15 years old again when I'm in the ocean, you know. And sure enough, we was out there, and it was apparently a Friday, and uh, this, guy, this guys, the guys and girls started coming into the water, and they had their little cups, and they were yelling, Fireball Friday! Fireball Friday! Fireball Friday! I'm naive. I have no idea. They're looking at me. Fireball Friday. Fireball Friday. I look back at them and say, Fireball Friday. Fireball Friday. Woo! I'm in with them. You know, I'm like, I've got some new friends. I look, Rhonda's up there reading. I look at her and say, Rhonda, baby. Fireball Friday, baby. Fireball Friday. And I just, we're just going, you know. And like, and so finally the guys began to walk over to me. And he, he had this cup and said, Fireball Friday. I said, Fireball Friday. He said, Fireball. And he hands me the, starts to hand me the cup. At that moment, I realized what Fireball Friday is. <laughs> I said, no, I'm good. I'm good. I just went underwater. <laughs> and so those are, you know, you know, one of the ways we do that is, is drinking. And another way that we could do that, that we try to uh, numb it is, is through marijuana, you know, drugs, uh, you know, um, it's all those kinds of things we do to numb this. Another thing I would say is that we do to try to cover up is this, is that we try to deny it, to deny it. You know, we pretend whatever happened didn't happen. We, we try to act like it didn't happen, but the only problem is it keeps coming back up and we try to cover it up. And then another thing is we minimize it. We minimize it. We just begin to say things like this. You know, well, we didn't sin. We just sort of lost our way. You know, and we begin to minimize it. Another thing that we do to cover up is we punish it. And, you know, that's where, like, cutting ourselves and, and punishing ourselves comes into play. We do all of those kinds of things. Um, and then another thing that we do is we try to redirect it. And this is one that all of us have done is redirect it because when... When guilt is coming up, we all of a sudden have fear, and fear leads to anger. And, and all of a sudden, we're taking it out on the children, or, or we're taking it out on our parents, or we're taking it out on the school teacher, or we're taking it out on the person driving in the lane next to us, right? And you ever been there? Okay, yeah, you're like, wonder what's bothering them because they're about to run me off the road, you know? I pulled out of my driveway the other day, and uh, yeah, I didn't tell this the first service, but I want to tell you pulled out of my driveway there, there and there's a hill that people come over and so I pulled out of my driveway and this car was right on my rear end really fast so I thought I would you know try to speed up to get out of his way and apparently he was going to try to pass me and I looked back in my mirror he had his window rolled down and he threw up his hand and he only waved with one finger <laughs> I thought wow he could have used all of his hands to wave at me all of his hand but so he, he redirected that Yes, we'll just leave it at that. And then we try, then if, we, if that doesn't work to cover up, we will embody it. We'll embody it. You know what that means? That means that, you know, we didn't get drunk, 
we are a drunk. All of a sudden, we begin to take ownership of that, and we will say things like, you know, we didn't screw up. I am a screw up. And we'll begin to embody all of this to cover it up, you know, and it only makes it worse. And so we found a guy in the Bible by the name of uh, David who experienced this. And what he found out is that when you do all of these things to cover up sin and you cover up the, your mistakes of the past and your guilt, you try to keep covering up, it will just lead to fear and anxiety and you will be a mess. And David, the guy in the Bible that, you know, King David, or you may know him as David and Goliath. Well, David had killed Goliath, but he grew up and he became a king and, and he became very successful. But, but then he had an affair. He, he had sex with another man's wife. And she became pregnant, and it just turned into a big, ugly scenario. And look what he said, because this sort of describes us when we begin to cover up. It says this, in Psalm 32, he said this, There was a time when I wouldn't admit what a sinner I was. But my dishonesty made me what? Miserable. Look at that. And filled my days with what? And that is exactly what guilt does to us, is it makes us miserable and fills our days with frustration. And that frustration bleeds over to fear and in, into anxiety. And we're in a knot. And that's the, unfortunately, that's the era in which our younger generation is living in now. And so we have to figure out, how do we win the battle over guilt? I want to talk to you about that the remainder of our time. How do we win this battle over guilt? I want to give you three things today that I have practiced. And I want to tell you, listen, I've had to win this battle. And I have to keep winning the battle because it keeps trying to pop back up. And so I hope that today you will take this and that you will put it into your life that you can win this battle. So I want to tell you the first thing is this. How to win the battle over guilt. Would you write this down? Number one is this. Is ask for and accept God's forgiveness. Ask for and accept God's forgiveness. Listen, you can never receive something that you're unwilling to accept. Did you hear that? You can never receive something that you're unwilling to accept. I could try to hand you my Bible, you know, and, 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 and I could try all day long to give it to you, but if you're sitting there like this, you know, I'm, I'm not taking that. You, then there's nothing that I can do. I can try all day, but until you're willing to accept it. And what I want you to understand is this, is that a lot of people don't accept forgiveness because this is why, is that we think because we think about our past sins that God is thinking about our past sins. You agree with that? I mean, we think just when it comes across our mind, we think it's coming across God's mind, don't we? And so I've, I've got some good news for you today. You want some good news? I've got some good news. Look what the Bible says in 1 John uh, 1 and 9. I love this passage. He says, but if we confess our sins to who? God. To God. Look at this. He can always be trusted to forgive us. And let's read those last words together. You ready? Come on. Take our sins away. Take our sins away. You know what that means? When we say, okay, God, I've asked God to forgive me for my sins and take them away. Well, the only problem with that is this, is that God, God doesn't take them away from our mind that we still think about our past sins. How about, I do, how about you? I mean, doesn't it pop up? I mean, it's something that happened to me 30 years ago. It still pops in my mind occasionally. Does that happen to anybody else? Okay, all right. So my problem is, is that when it pops in my mind, I don't think that God took it away. But here's what I want to tell you. When he says that he takes our sins away, that means he takes them out of his mind. That means that when you ask God to forgive you for a sin in your life, something that you've done, listen, he has forgiven it and he's forgotten it. You can't forget it, but he has forgiven it and forgotten it. And I've got a message from God to you today. You want to know what that message is? 
You want to know what it is? Here's what God's saying to you. Would you please quit reminding me of what I've already forgotten? Did you hear that? God is saying, <laughs> God is saying that to you today. Listen, it happened a long time ago. You feel bad about it? Yes. But listen, stop carrying the guilt because God is not thinking about it. Just because it ran through your mind again does not mean that God is, run, is running through God's mind again. Matter of fact, I want to tell you something. When you confess your sins to God and you ask Him to forgive it, it leaves His mind forevermore. And this is what I want you to know. When your sin's out of God's mind, that means your blessing is in God's hand. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Listen, listen, the only thing that stops you from being blessed by God is sin. And when you repent of it, it's out of God's mind. And just because it goes through your mind does not mean it's going through His mind. You've got to understand that. If you're going to relax, you will never be free from guilt and of your past life and your past sins until you accept that God remembers it no more. See, the problem is this. It's because I remember it, and there still may be consequences from it down here, Right? Just because I remember it and there's still consequences does not mean that God still remembers it and holds it against me. You see, let me tell you this. There's people that, people that will remind you of your past sins. You may remind yourself of past sins. You may still be beating yourself up. And for sure, the devil is going to constantly remind you of your past sins. Why? Because if he can keep you focused on your past, then he's got you, right? And if he can keep you feeling guilty, and most of us, we feel so guilty over our past that God's already forgiven, and we don't even want to talk to God anymore because we're, we're ashamed, right? We feel like Adam and Eve, I need my fig leaves. i got to cover up. And so God's saying, listen, I've forgiven that. Now, i got to tell you this. Um, one evening about, I don't know, a year or two ago, Rhonda and I were having dinner at a very nice restaurant, uh, you know, and, and we were enjoying our, our meal together, and and there were some people from our church that come in. You know, we saw them. We said, hey, how you doing? You know, we, from the distance, you know. And, uh, and so uh, about the time our, uh, the lady was coming to bring us our bill, they had walked over. The guy walked over. He said, hey, pastor, you know, Ron, it's good to see you. I said, it's good to see you. And we had a little small talk. And about that time, uh, he got ready to walk away. Well, he grabbed my bill and said, I'll take this. And, uh, and I said, no, 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 you don't have to do that. And what a godly man. What a godly man. I'm telling you what, godly man. But so anyways, he started to walk off. And when he did, I reached up and I grabbed it. I snatched it back. I took the bill back. I said, listen, I want to say thank you for that, but, but I've got it. I don't want you to do that. And he said, no, no. I said, no, I, I've got it. I wouldn't let him have it. And he walked off. You know, it was my pride that did that. Because in my mind, I thought, you know what? I don't want everybody to think of a preacher as some bum, you know? And so it was just stupidity on my part. So my wife, being the, the genius that she is and the all-wise one, she looked at me and she said, Jeff, why didn't you let that man do for you what he wanted to do for you? Why didn't you let him do for you what he wanted to do for you? You took it away from him. He wanted to bless you and you took it away from him. I got a question for you. Why don't you let God do for you what he wants to do for you? Every time that you ask, you ask God to forgive you, you know, you say, oh, God, forgive me, and you feel like he forgave you, but at that moment, all of a sudden, that thought comes back, and you reach up, and you snatch it back. Oh, I got it. And you beat yourself all up again, and you feel guilty, and you feel the shame, and you feel the embarrassment all over again, and God's saying to you, why don't you just let me do for you what I want to do for you, and wipe that totally out? Amen? Quit snatching it back. 
Quit snatching. You're never going to be free. And here's the problem with that is that a guilty heart is a, a heart that's filled with guilt can never be a heart filled with love. And you're never going to be, the, you're never gonna be the, the, the parent that you want to be. You're never going to be the spouse you want to be. As long as your heart is eat up with guilt, you'll never be able to love the way you want to love. And we cheat the people around us, right? And so that's, that's I have a next step for you. I'd like for you to take it. On the back of your connection card, it says this. It says, God, I ask for and accept your forgiveness for blank. Now, you fill in the blank in your mind. What is it? What have you been carrying? What is the guilt you've been struggling with and that you will not let go of? You're still beating yourself over. You say, well, you don't know how bad it was. No, I do not know how bad it was. Let me tell you something. But sin is sin in God's eyes. It doesn't matter what the world says. It's bad. Yes, we accept it's bad. But listen, your sin might have been bad, but God is good. Amen? And he forgives you. And until you accept that, you can't move forward. You'll be a prisoner. Number two, would you write this down? The second thing, how to win this battle over guilt is this is release the past, release the past and embrace your future. Release the past and embrace your future. Now, I want to tell you this right off the bat about guilt. Guilt, guilt will never change your past. You keep beating yourself up over the things that happened in the past, it's never going to change it. Guilt will not change your past. What it will do is destroy your future. It'll destroy that. Matter of fact, I would say that your, your future is more important than your past. And that's why you've got to learn to let go of it. And that's why you've got to receive forgiveness because you can't move on. Do you know that the automobile makers found out that it was more important for your windshield to be bigger than your rearview mirror? It's more important. Would you agree with that? Wow, what a great discovery, right? But too many of us are focused on that little bitty thing in our life and we keep looking back, looking back, looking back. And guess what? No wonder our lives are wrecked. No wonder we're wrecked. No wonder we can't get it together. No wonder it's because we keep looking back in the rearview mirror. We can't go forward as long as we are looking back. You know, um, there's a guy in the Bible that uh, his name is uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament. But he wasn't a good man before Christ. Matter of fact, let me tell you something. After Jesus uh, rose from the dead and the church began, he started persecuting Christians. People like me and you, he would come in and drag them out of their homes and, and even murder them to some degree, to even murder them. It'd tear women and families apart, women and children. It didn't matter. He was on a mission because he thought it was wrong. And so he even murdered Christians and he got saved. God, Jesus saved him miraculously. He saw the light. And now, you know what? And God used him to write the majority of the New Testament. But he still struggled with some of those feelings. Look what the Bible says. He says this. He's writing. He says, Look, would you read what's underlined that first part right there? Let's read it together. You ready? Come on. I am still not all I should be. You agree that's you? Do you agree that's you? I'm not, I'm not all that I should be, but here's the good news. I'm not all that I used to be. How about you? I'm not, I'm not all that I used to be. I'm not all that I should be, but I'm not all that I used to be. So I'm excited about where I'm going. He goes on and says this. But I bring all my energies to bear on this one thing. Oh, let's read this what's on the line. You ready? Come on, let's read it together. Out loud. Here we go. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. He says, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us. Now, here's the a, here's a deal. The, the most important part of that passage, he said, yes. Do I struggle with memories of the past? Yes. But one thing I do 
in order to let go of the past, he says, I keep looking forward. Did you see that? I keep looking forward. I keep straining. I keep looking forward. What he was saying was, is that this is it, is that you're going to steer to where you stare. You're going you're gonna to steer to where you stare. Oh, you don't believe it. Listen, I live on a very busy road. Oh, it's, a lot of cars come up and down that road. And I want to tell you something. It is a hazard to go to the mailbox. I mean, it's, it is a, I mean, it's like you take your life in your own hands going to the mailbox. Because I don't know why, but when people, and I got a little bit of a curve. I live, you know, right there in my mailbox, right? A little curve. And when, you, when they come and I walk to the mailbox, they look at me. Now, I know they can't take their eyes off me. I know it's just like, <laughs> hey, how you doing? I don't know if they've never seen a bald-headed man or what. I don't know. But all I can tell you is that when they look at me, all of a sudden they drift over and their car run off the road. I mean, right there at me and just run off the road. I'm like, what are you trying to do? It makes me want to wave at them with, never mind. <laughs> oh, that's too honest, isn't it? Oh, boy. I don't do it, but it goes through my mind. Oh, boy, the preacher's telling the truth now, isn't he? And, and so, listen, so, they were, so what I'm saying, it, it ain't intentional. They don't do it intentionally. I mean, they're smiling. And some of them even wave. I'm like, keep your hands on the wheel. Because they'll just drift over. And as soon as they do, their, their front tire goes off, and they dart right over. And it, it's like, I mean, my life's in danger. So seriously, when I go to the mailbox, you don't believe me, come to my house and check the mail. Come on, come on, come about 6 o'clock in the afternoon. You just come, come right down. You can check the mail. And you go down, and I'm, I mean, like, I have to look and make sure real quickly because they're coming, and I have to make sure nobody's coming. I flip the lid over, and I reach me in like this and pull my mail out because people steer to where they stare. And here's what I want to tell you. If you keep steering at the past, you're going to be steering into guilt. If you keep staring at the past, you're going to steer into guilt, and guess what? That guilt's going to cause you to be fearful and anxious, and you're never going to move forward. So what I would tell you is get your eyes off the past, get your eyes on the future, and begin to steer in the direction toward God that you want to go, that you can move on from where you are to where you want to be. Amen? Amen. Give God a hand. You will steer that. So what I, there's a great friend of mine here in our church. His name is Brandon Keller. And he said something to me a long time ago. And it's something that I've never forgotten. He said this. It's okay to have a past. Just don't let your past have you. Now here's what I want to tell you. Listen. Many of you sitting in this room right now, you are fearful and anxious. Because your past still has you. And until you release that past, until you're willing to let go of it, and say, yes, you know what? What I did was bad, but God is good. And God forgave me, and I am forgiven, and I am cleansed. And yes, did I disappoint myself? Did I, did I disappoint my friends? Did I disappoint my families? Did I disappoint my spouse? Did I dis yes, I did, but that's in my past. And so as long as you keep steering backwards, you're never going to be able to steer forward. And you're never going to get over. But today, let's make the decision today that we're going to get our eyes off our past failure and onto our good Heavenly Father. And this leads us in the future with victory. Amen? amen? Amen. Yes, amen. God is good. So, I want to tell you that one of the ways to do that, one of the, the power to do that is that you've got to have Jesus Christ in your life. Because if you don't have Jesus in your life, you're unforgiven. And so, when you ask Christ to come to your life and forgive your sins, He forgives you. It's out of God's mind. Remember, when it's out of God's mind, then God's blessing, your blessing is in God's hand. 
So I want to challenge you. There's a prayer inside of our program. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. Why don't today, why don't you make that decision today and give God a try and let him move you from where you are to where you want to be? And when you do that, the only thing I ask you to do, when you pray that prayer, right there where you are, when I ask you to stand up, run down here, nothing, right now where you are, when you do that, just check the back of this card. It says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. Would you do that? And watch what God will do. Okay, number three, would you ready? Write this down. How to win this battle. How do you win the battle over guilt? Number three is stop trying and start rejoicing in God's mercy. Stop trying. Trying. I'm trying to get over this. I'm trying, God, to make you like me more. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to just do so much good to, to help my family love me more because I did this bad thing. Stop trying and start trusting God's mercy. Look what the Bible says here in Proverbs 28 and 13. It says this, look. You will never succeed in life if you what? That's right. If you try to hide your sins, trying. Remember we said a lot of the trying that we do, all those things in the beginning, we're trying to cover up. The fig leaves again, all over again, trying to cover up. He, so he says, he says, you'll never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. So watch this. Confess them and give them up. Then, let's read what's underlined out loud. You ready? Come on, let's read it. God will show mercy to you. He'll show mercy to you. Now, this word mercy to me had a, a particular, just one meaning, but I want to share the whole meaning today with you. I don't know if you ever, uh, like when you were younger maybe, you played the game mercy. Like where you put your fingers together like this with somebody else's finger and they sort of bent them back. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And then you would bend them until they almost break until finally somebody said, mercy, right? Wasn't that about the stupidest game to play? I mean, like, some of, our some of us right now have broken fingers because we wouldn't say mercy, you know? No, I'm going to win this game. <laughs> Look, my finger don't work anymore. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's crazy. I don't know. You know, some of us, matter of fact, some of you didn't call it mercy. You call it saying uncle, right? How many did the uncle, the country? Our uncle, yeah, that's us. Yeah, there's some of us. You've got to say uncle. I just say it hurts. Stop. <laughs> But anyways, so mercy, we, we, we uh, associate mercy with, with pain. Like, like when we say mercy, just stop the pain. In other words, when we say God's mercy, God quit causing us pain. And many of you, because you're still having a pain of the memory of your past, you think God is inflicting judgment on you and you, you've not received God's mercy. God's mercy says, I don't, I don't want to harm you. Any, I don't want any harm to come to you anymore. But here's the great news. God's mercy has a, has, a, has a cousin, and that cousin is grace. And what that grace means is this, is that I, I'm going to go with you all the way. Not only do I not want you to hurt anymore, but I'm going to help you get better and help you go up and heal, right? That's what God's grace, God's mercy and God's grace go hand in hand. And so what God is saying to you and I today is this, is that if you're ever going to get better, you've got to trust my mercy, that I'm not holding this against you anymore. And you've got to hold on to my grace. Let my grace catch you. And I want to pull you up from where you are. Did you hear that? God is here today. He has you here today to tell you, I don't want to leave you where you are. I want to help you up. And God is telling you today, I'm not mad at you anymore. I'm not mad at you. We've settled that a long time ago. Get that out of your mind. The sin, no matter how bad it was, is not in my mind anymore. I don't remember it anymore. And what I want you to know today, God is saying this to you. What I want you to know today is I am here to catch you and help you up. That's what he's here to do. I read uh, about some trapeze artists this week. It was called the Flying uh, Rollies uh, family. 
And they actually um, were trapeze artists. And I, the younger guy that was on the trapeze that did all the flips and things like that, he told the story of how he was asked, how does this work? And he said, well, my job, he said, I'm called the flyer. And what I do is I fly through the air. But my brother Joe, he's a catcher. And said, my job is to just go out there and do all these flips. And when I'm done, all I do is throw my hands in the air. And Joe catches me. And he says, you know what? When I, be, when, I, when I try to catch myself, he said, the flyer's job is to fly and the catcher's job is to catch. He said, but, but when I, if, I try to catch my, if I try to catch him, he said, I'll break my wrist or something. Something bad will happen. And you see, what I want to tell you today is this, is that flyers fly and catchers catch. And today, many of us sitting in this room, God's called you to fly. He said, you're going to mount up with wings like eagles. You shall soar. You shall run and not be weary. You're going to mount up with wings like eagles. He's called you to fly. And so many of you right now, because of your past, you're still trying to catch God. You're like, go, I'm trying to catch God. Oh, I'll be good enough, God. I'll do better this time, God. Uh, let, just let me catch you, God. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord. I remember that sin again. I know you remember. Oh, Lord, let me catch you again. Let me catch you again. And you keep falling down because you're trying to catch. You're not meant to be a catcher. You're meant to be a flyer. So I have one question for you today. Will you let the God of this universe reach down today and catch you? Aren't you tired of trying to catch him? Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of trying? Aren't you tired of the guilt? Because you just try harder. Oh, just try a little harder. And today the God of the universe is saying, I'm extending my hands down. And just like that trapeze artist said, all I do is throw my hands in the air and I just trust Joe to catch me and bring me safely into the landing. Today I have a challenge for you. Is it somehow today, would you do that? Would you just, for one time, would you just throw your hands in the air today and say, God, I just trust you to catch me. And I'm not going to carry this guilt anymore, oh Lord. I'm going to release it today. And God, I'm going to trust you that you're going to catch me, oh God. And you're going to lead me. And you're going to carry me. And can I tell you, God has never dropped anybody. He's never failed one time. Would you stand with me today? He's never dropped anyone and he's never going to drop you. We're going to be singing this song in just a moment. And it's going to talk about the goodness and the greatness of our God. And as we talk about, as this song begins to mention the goodness and the greatness of God, you've got two choices. Either you will sit there with your guilt thinking, oh, he can't mean me. Or either somehow today, as this song goes on, something in your heart, you finally decide, I'm going to throw my hands up. And I'm going to let the catcher of the universe, our Heavenly Father, catch me. And today I'm going to walk out of here without the guilt of my past anymore. And I'm going to receive that I'm forgiven. And that gives me the power to forgive myself in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. 
and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.